Hey, this is Barbara Corcoran, and you're tuned in to Business Unusual. Throw away your Harvard degree and listen to me. You're going to learn a lot more. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. But first... There seems to be a pattern in the questions I've been getting in lately from young entrepreneurs new in business. I can report that everyone seems to be happy they got started and they love doing what they're doing. But the most common complaint that I'm hearing is about someone they've hired who fell short, didn't measure up, someone they're feeling disappointed about and need to fire. So I thought maybe I would dole out a little advice here on how to choose the right people because I think I'm pretty good at it. The biggest problem building any business is always the people. What do you think business is made out of? A lot of people might say dollars and cents. I say absolutely not. It's all something built on the hearts and souls and good efforts of a lot of people. So the most important decisions in your life, actually having to do with your business and going way beyond your business is deciding who you want to let in who you want to surround yourself with. And that includes employees, business partners, spouses, and friends. I'm very particular about people. I think maybe way, way, way too particular about people, but I know myself. And knowing that, I've learned to be really particular about who I let into my life. I've learned to ask myself a few simple questions before deciding who I'm going to let in or lock out. And let me share those questions with you. The first question I ask myself when I'm hiring someone to work with is, do I like and trust this person? That comes long before are they capable of doing the job. It's a gut decision. And if I don't feel it in my bones, in my stomach, I don't choose them. I don't even look to make an excuse to myself because when I don't feel right, there's usually a very good reason for it, even if I can't put my finger on it, because the way I see it, our gut instinct is a concentrated dose of our lifetime of experiences. So why shouldn't I trust it without explanation? So I'm out right away if I don't trust someone. I just don't hire them in my business. If I don't like them, maybe that sounds trite, but I don't hire them either. Why would I want to work with someone I don't like? And if I'm hiring someone at my work, I always try to size up how smart and how loyal they are. Why smart? Because smart people will push you ahead and create more opportunity than you could ever do on your own and you'll stay excited about it. And why loyal? Because if you have someone who's phenomenal working with you that you really like and they're not loyal by nature, you're gonna lose them. And that's a heartbreaker. So I need to see the natural loyalty in an individual. And the one trait that I should have perhaps mentioned right up front is that I have to hire happy people. I learned long ago that if I hire an unhappy person, there's nothing I can do that's going to change them. Why, if their parents didn't make them happy by the age of 21, what am I going to do to change that and make them happy people? When it comes to making friends, 
Of course, I need happy people. There's enough stuff that happens to you in life that you don't need to welcome unhappy people around you to make you miserable. Forget it. But the second most important trait in any friendship is big heartedness. Big heartedness automatically comes with a bundle of great traits. Big hearted people are generous, they're empathetic, and they always have your back. And what could you ask for more in a good friend? Asking these simple questions have never led me astray. And as a result, I'm here to tell you, I have a life that's chock full of super friends and super colleagues. You're listening to Business Unusual with Barbara Corcoran. And now it's time to answer your questions on Business Unusual. Hi, Barbara. This is Lindsay with Idea Buyer out of Columbus, Ohio. I am calling to ask your opinion on early stage productpreneurs using social media to gain or build their brand recognition and then what advice you would give them on how to do that. Thanks so much. First off, Lindsay, I have to say, you've got to simplify your language here because I'm having a hard time figuring out what the question is. I don't know what productpreneurs are, pretty fancy, nor do I think many people do. So you got to dumb this thing down. But it seems like you're asking about marketing a product before you have the thing ready to sell. If I'm right on that, here's my answer. One thing you should be aware of today is you can certainly sell your product long before you even have it in hand. I have seen so many success stories doing this exactly in and out of Shark Tank. But let me give you an example from Shark Tank that I think gives you a perfect example of how easily this can get done. When I met the Comfy Brothers on Shark Tank selling their product named the Comfy, which is a simple sweatshirt blanket uh, halfway between the two product, all they had in hand were two prototypes. So with the two prototypes in hand, they showed it to us. I didn't know at first they had no product beyond that. They had no idea what they would sell it for. They had no idea what it was going to cost to produce. Really not a very good business proposal. But what they were great at was social media. And they were persuasive that they were going to drive sales through social media because it was both of those brothers' backgrounds. So they came on the set with a catchy little jingle and they sang to us. And they won us all over because they were natural born salespeople and they had the two prototypes in hand. That's it. Okay, here we are. One year later, the most successful business I've ever invested in is Shark Tank. I got 40% of that business for $50,000. What a deal. And today their sales are already going past $30 million less than 12 months later. End of story. That's it. So if I read your question right, use social media or get really good at it if you want to sell a product long before you have it. Hi, Barbara. My name's Jenna, and I'm from Virginia Beach, Virginia. The question I'd like to ask is, did being made fun of in school shake your confidence? Because I was made fun of, and it really shook mine. If that's the case, how do you overcome that? Thank you, and I can't wait to hear from you. So, Jenna, I hear you loud and clear, and I feel your pain. You know, when you're a kid and you're made fun of, 
you have no way to defend yourself. And so it's always a huge blow to your confidence. I discovered the word shame in the classroom because I think I felt ashamed every single day, every hour of the classroom experience. And when I still think back at it, I'm right back there, like I'm seven or eight years old all over again. It's a hard one to get over because the injury remains very raw. But here's the good news and listen hard. I am convinced that today, most of my success is a result of that bad experience because I'm driven and out to prove to the world every day of my life that I am not stupid. When people in my adult life have put me down or talked down to me or dismissed me, having that early experience is fabulous because I've had it. And I've learned to step up and speak up and use my bigger mouth to stand my place. Get it? And so that's a huge advantage. For you to stay stuck in where you were as a kid without using that calling card to make hay and make money with and make success with, you're out of your mind. Because it's an asset that most kids can't take claim to. I think what you have to do as a grown-up or where I started making a change was in my early 20s when I started replacing a very negative tape that automatically kicked in whenever I was afraid, put down, ashamed, uh, brought back to that same experience. And the tape always went the same way. It's kind of like, why did I come here? Oh, God, you know, I should have stayed in my office. People love me in my office. Why am I putting myself out here? I mean, who is this jerk? I hate him. Blah, blah, blah. I, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this anymore. And quit. All right. I declared war on quitting. You know what I do now? I replace that tape 150% with a new tape that goes like this. Listen, you jerk. You're actually talking down to me. You're actually not taking me seriously. You're actually believing that I can't compete with you. Just wait. I'm going to become your major rival. And it was that tape that I played again and again in a cluttered competitive field until it was so much my own that it would kick right in and I'd kick the ass of whoever was looking down at me. So if you're one of those kids that had a rough start, no problem, you paid your price. <laughs> but my God, take advantage of it as a grown up and get even. And that's all the questions we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Business Unusual is part of the iHeartRadio podcast network. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 